So now we're ready to start this message. I'm very excited to share this truth. We've been talking about the laws of the kingdom of God. We live in the kingdom of God. In fact, the kingdom of God is in us because the presence of God is in us. The kingdom of God is the royal power and authority of our king, King Jesus, over the demonic realm. The demonic realm has been defeated and it is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is here to advance his word, his will, his purpose. Abundance of life, fullness of life. So we are his delegates. We are his ambassadors. And we now carry the power and authority of King Jesus. So the kingdom of God resides in us. But we know we, it's important, it's very important that we understand how the kingdom of God and these laws of the kingdom function so that we can cooperate with them in such a way that it will benefit us and those around us and those that we're poor into. So we've talked briefly, I'm just going to, we've talked in great depth, but I'm going to briefly review. We talked about the royal law of love. Oh, I just, every time I, I, I mention the royal law of love, there's just something in me that just wants to stop <laughs> and meditate on the love of Christ, the love of God. We have the very love of God in us. It's his nature, it's who he is. And when we became born again, his nature became part of us. He wants us to look like his nature's in us. Because each one of these laws of the kingdom, we have a free will. The closer we are in relationship to God, like Kim was talking, she's been, she's been in a season of um, retreat. Kim is a Monday night ministry team member. She's taking a sabbatical for herself. She's taking a season to press into God. She's got um, um, a desire to grow and to go deeper. And she knows this is a time that she needs to step aside from pouring into others and seek and, and enrich her own prayer life and her own walk with God. I have no idea why I started saying that. Oh, the royal law of love. The royal law of love. And that's, that's what we do. The closer we get, the more we look, the more we sound, the more we, we um, minister Jesus to others. I've said this before and I'll say it again. To lay hands on and heal, nothing without God's love. I don't know if you've ever experienced a ministry where it is um, almost um, scripted, where it is almost... Um, uh, wrote and there's no love when when I see that I've experienced it one time I'm thinking of I'm not going to put a name to it but it was a, a very well-known person I was so grieved love must be a part of ministry and that's not just a big ministry or a small ministry. That is one-on-one -on -one ministry. So the royal law of love is the first spiritual law we talked about. The second one is the law of faith. The law of faith. Letting the word come in your heart. That's what Kim's talking about. Seeking God. Revelation. When your heart responds, 
then out of your heart, your mouth speaks, you receive, just like you receive salvation. The word is in you, it's in your heart, you speak it out of your mouth, and salvation is the result. Believing in Jesus, believing that he was raised from the dead, when you believe it, when you declare it, you receive it. And everything in the kingdom of God works the same way, including healing. We talk a lot about faith in our God says yes study, but that's just the law of faith. That's the way it works. It always works. The third law that we talked about last week, actually it was two laws, the law of the spirit of life that has set us free from the law of sin and death. And we looked at how they are both laws of the kingdom of God, but one is a higher law. The law of the spirit of life supersedes the law of sin and death that we've been set free from. But in order, and we use the analogy of aerodynamics, that is a higher law than gravity. But in order for aerodynamics to work, there has to be thrust. And in order for there to be thrust, there has to be fuel for that thrust. And that's what we looked at last week. That in order to soar above the world's way of living under the law of sin and death, even though we've been redeemed, in order to soar above, we need thrust. The thrust in the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus is our faith. And our faith is fueled with relationship and with feeding and, and consuming the living word of God. So we talked about those two laws last week. And today, we're going to talk about the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping. This is like an overarching law of the kingdom of God that works together with every facet of the kingdom of God. Your life this day, Dawn, Jenny, your life this day, every one of you individually, your life this day is a harvest of what has been sown. That you've either allowed in seeds that have been sowed, that you've allowed, that you've received into your heart, or seeds that you have sown into your life. They could be good or they could not be good. But here's the good news. This is really good news. We've all probably had bad seeds sown into our lives. That doesn't mean they have to stay there. Because we, and Jesus, Jesus, the master gardener of our heart, when he reveals those lies, those seeds that have been sown that aren't truth, that aren't based on truth, when those are revealed to us, it's as simple as saying, no, you don't belong. I reject you. I say, leave. And then replace that seed with the truth, with a seed of the promise of God, the word of God that is true. But the life that you're living is a harvest of what you've allowed into your heart, the seeds that have been sown into your heart and the seeds that you've sown. The Cindy that you see here is not the same Cindy that I was before I knew Jesus because I was sowing different things into my life, because I was receiving different seeds that others had sown into my life. 
knowledge of the word, knowing truth, makes all the difference in the world. And that's the seed that we want to sow, right? So let's, let's look at scripture. The first scripture I want to read is our big foundational scripture for today, and it's Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man sows what he reaps. I'm going to stop there for a second. A man sows what he reaps. Sorry, everything's... Whatever a man sows, he will reap, both in the spiritual realm and the natural realm. We sow what we reap. Now, there are two other laws of the kingdom that I'm not going to teach on, but I want to just give you a nugget. The first one is called the law of Genesis. And the truth of the law of Genesis is that every seed produces after its own kind. Every seed produces after its own kind. So in the natural, it's very simple. Corn seed produces corn. An apple seed produces apples. But in this realm, a man reaps what he sows. Whatever we sow, the same seed is what we'll reap. So if we sow seeds of God's promises, promises of healing, the harvest should be healing. If we sow seeds of, of fear, seeds of worry, seeds of anxiety, if we talk about it, if we feed it, if we fuel it, if we nurture the seeds of fear, then fear will multiply and the harvest will be more fear, more anxiety, and it could lead to other physical things as well because we reap what we sow. So the law of Genesis, that is, Genesis is that every seed produces after its own kind. And another additional law is called the law of purpose. And that is that every seed has a purpose, whether you're aware of it or not. Every seed has a purpose. Sometimes we are unaware and we speak so flippantly. We speak so callously or so carelessly. We don't realize that every seed that we speak has a purpose. Verse 8 in the Galatian scripture. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. This is the scripture, one of the scriptures we used last week. Because it's talking about the law of sin and death, sowing to the flesh. And the law of the spirit of life, sowing to please the spirit. And the last verse here says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We will reap a harvest. God's spiritual laws are immutable, and we will reap a harvest. That's a promise. We will reap a harvest if we don't give up. It may be a process. There may be time involved. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But we will reap a harvest. Thank you, Jesus. So there are natural, there are spiritual consequences to the seeds that we sow. I'm going to look at three areas. Our thought life, our words, and our actions. We have a choice what we meditate on, what we allow to get in our head, and we process, and we turn around and around. We 
focus on it in our thought life. We have a choice. That is one way that we can sow good or evil. One way that we can sow to the spirit or sow to the flesh. Words, another huge way. We're going to talk about these more specifically as we go. And actions. Let me give you a couple of examples of the law of sowing and reaping and how I have seen it impact. I'm going to show, share my example and another friend's example. Before I knew Jesus, before I knew the importance of words, before I knew the law of sowing and reaping, I was sowing words of death and didn't even know it. I loved the sun. I love summer. I still do. Love sunshine. And I would literally speak words of death over myself about skin cancer. I said, I know I shouldn't get too much sun. I could get skin cancer. But I did get too much sun. I know I should use a higher SPF sunscreen. I could get skin cancer. But I didn't use a higher SPF. I know I shouldn't use tanning booths before I go on my warm weather vacation because I could get skin cancer. I said those things out loud. But I did use tanning beds before I went on a warm weather vacation. So I sowed words. I sowed thoughts because I was thinking about it. I was meditating, you know. I had other friends that had had skin cancer, melanoma, and all sorts of things. And so I thought about it. In fact, I thought about it so much that for no reason I went to a dermatologist and had a skin check. I was 42 years old. And I did have skin cancer. I reaped the words that I sowed. It started out with a mole. That's not a big deal. But then they found a lymph node right in the vicinity of the mole that was positive. And then when they did more testing, it was through my whole lymphatic system, considered stage four. I sowed words of death and I didn't know any better. But I had the opportunity to change my words. My friend Jenny started to tell me truth. She started to share good news with me and I started to change what I was sowing. I started to sow God's promises of healing into my heart. She gave me that little Charles Capps book. She said, Cindy, this is your medicine. Read these aloud every day. I didn't have any idea why. I had no clue the, the power of sowing and reaping. I had no understanding that God's word is alive and powerful. I had no understanding that God's word is medicine. But it gave me something I could do when I didn't know what else to do. The doctor wasn't giving me a whole lot of choices at that point. So what was I doing? I was sowing into my heart. I started to sow different thinking. I started to take captive's thought of sickness and death. I started to take captive thoughts of cancer and replace those thoughts with God's thoughts. I started to meditate on God's word and speak it out loud and feed my heart and feed my soul. I started to sow different actions, and I still sow different actions. I still sow different words. I still sow different thoughts. I, I stopped going out in the sun without sunscreen. I stopped, you know, doing the tanning beds. I've never done that since. You know, I stopped a lot of those things where I was sowing behaviors where I wasn't taking care of my body in that area, in that way. And I reaped healing. I reaped the manifestation of supernatural healing, divine healing. Praise you, Jesus. The law of sowing and reaping. 
I reaped words of death, and I harvested skin cancer. I reaped words of life, and I harvested healing. We reap what we sow. Here's my second example. There's a young woman I'm ministering to right now. I haven't met her yet. Only talked to her on the phone. Talked to her today, as a matter of fact. Um, I asked if I could share, and she gave me permission. Her name is Kim. Kim was referred to me by another woman um, that I know very well. And when the other woman called me, she said, Cindy, Kim's a mess. <laughs> She's a hot mess. She is, um, uh, doesn't have any foundation of truth. And she's got a lot of issues in her life. And she's feeding the problem big time. And my friend that referred her to me had been trying to speak to her, but this girl was just very, very far off into every realm in worldliness. So she had a lot of physical problems, very serious physical problems, serious pain, serious joint pain, um, all sorts of physical things, and the doctors couldn't even find what it was. The doctors told her it was psychosomatic, but it was so severe that she had to quit work. And I'm going to give you a piece of information that is like probably TMI, too much information, but I want to prove a point with this bit of information. She was so, um, her body was so messed up that she couldn't pee or poop. She was, in a, she was in a really bad way. She started seeking help anywhere she could get it, including the occult. So she was doing occult medicine like Reiki and acupuncture and um, energy medicine and um, uh, uh, hypnotism and everything and anything she could do. She was just reaching, pulling straws, trying to get healed. When she was connected with me, I started to speak truth. And I took it a week at a time. And one week at a time, I would talk to her. I, did, I only made an appointment one week at a time because I didn't, I didn't know if this woman was going to be a doer of the word or not. And I'm very um, protective of my time. Well, this girl was not just a little bit. She was all in doer of the word. First week I, I talked to her, I prayed with her for salvation for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I gave her a, a to-do. And her first to-do was to listen to a couple of my teachings online. She listened to those, I don't remember how many I gave her, one or two, maybe three. She listened to them about six times each. And she started to sow seed. She started to sow truth into her heart. I talked to her the next week. She was had a hundred questions and they were good questions because the truth was was revealing it was uncovering stuff I about the second or third week I started to talk to her about the occult and the importance of getting out of it and praying to be broken free of that I remember specifically she says, she says Cindy I can't peer poop unless I go and they do this energy medicine thing and they do this thing over me and then I can go. And she says, I have to do it every week or my body shuts right down. I said, oh, no, 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 you don't need that. You have Jesus. So I spoke over her body in that area and um, she said, can I go just one more time? I'm afraid I'm not going to, you know. 
So she, I mean, I, it was her life. I wasn't going to tell her what she could or couldn't do. So she went one more time. The next week, we broke everything off. We, we spoke Jesus over her body. She started improving radically. Not a little bit. Radically. I, I had a weekly phone call with her, and um, she would text me, Cindy, I'm out walking. I, I, I'm out walking. She couldn't get out of bed. When I started talking to her, she couldn't get out of bed. The first time I talked to her, or the first time I was going to talk to her, she says, I don't know if I can talk. I can't, I literally am so sick. I don't even know if I can talk to you. With about the third week, she says, I'm out walking. I don't have a good reception. So I called her later. She says, I walked five miles today. And then a few days later, I walked eight miles today. Then she got on her bike and she started biking 15, 20 miles a day. She said, Cindy, I am so much better. I feel like a new person. Her body was functioning. She could do her business again without Reiki, without some stupid devil telling her she couldn't. She was radically and supernaturally and quickly healed. She was a hairdresser and she had to take a leave of absence. She's now back at work. I'm telling you, this whole process was probably a month. She went from not, not being able to be out of bed to being completely well. That's the power of sowing and reaping. Before she started hearing truth, she was completely sowing into the problem, meditating on the problem. She thought she was going to die. She was completely focused on every symptom, running from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse until she changed what she was sowing. That's probably one of the most radical healings, quick, immediate healings, and it was all because it was a spiritual thing. It wasn't a physical thing. There wasn't a physical root. The law of sowing and reaping. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So I'm just going to pose a question, and then we're going to go into the word of God about sowing and reaping. But here's my question. When you look at your life, because remember I said your life's a harvest. Right here where you're at today, your life is a harvest. So if you're looking at your life and you're saying, my life's a mess, <laughs> In any way. It might be in, a, in a, a, a very minute way. It might be like everything in your life is a mess. But whatever it is, if you don't like the harvest, change the seed. Now, it takes time between seed and harvest. That's what we're going to talk about that. There is a time frame between seed time and harvest, and you may very well be in that time. But if this is a pattern, if, if chaos or issues of life are a pattern, you might want to say, go to God. Don't go to me. Go to God and say, God, help me to understand what have I been sowing? What seed do I need to sow? Do I need to change the seed that I'm sowing? So let's look at some scripture right now about the law of sowing and reaping. First scripture, John chapter 12. This is a seed, the best seed that's ever been sown. It's the seed of Jesus. We reap what we sow. Jesus sowed his life 
so we could reap life, so we could reap salvation. Jesus replied to them, now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified. Let me make this clear. A single grain of wheat will never be more than a single grain of wheat unless it drops into the ground and dies. Because then it sprouts and produces a great harvest of wheat, all because one grain died. So before I go on, Jesus is talking. This is the day before he goes to the cross. This is John chapter 12. There's like five chapters in John at the, the day before he died. And this is one of them. He says, the time has come for me to be glorified. And he was talking about his death. And then he explains that a grain of wheat must die. Think about a little grain of a seed. It's nothing. It's dry. It does nothing. It can sit on the shelf for hundreds of years and do nothing until it's put in the ground, until it dies. And then it has the potential to produce a harvest of wheat. That's what Jesus did. He chose to die and be buried to produce a harvest of salvation, a harvest of new lives. You guys are part of his harvest. I'm part of his harvest of the seed that was sown when Jesus died. And then he, and then he kind of shifts and talks about us. He says, the person who loves his life and pampers himself will miss true life. But the one who detaches his life from this world and abandons himself to me will find true life and enjoy it forever. That's dying to self. That's dying to the world's way. That's saying, you know what, the world's way doesn't look so good right now, does it? There's a better way. And it is by pouring yourself into him, abandoning yourself to him, and then we will find true life, true and full life forever. If you want to be my disciple, follow me, and you will go where I am going. If you truly follow me as my disciple, the Father will shower his favor upon your life. And that's the benefit. We reap what we sow. So when we sow into Jesus, when we sow into our relationship with God, when we sow into being a disciple of Jesus, we reap favor, love, fullness of life. Here's another scripture about sowing and reaping. Luke 6, 38. Give generously and generous gifts will be given back to you, shaken down to make room for more. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. The measure, your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. We all love that scripture. But you know what's so cool? It's not just for you. As you give generously, you run over with blessings. And then it's for others. I can't, I, I can't even tell you how blessed I am ministering to you guys. What you see is an overflow of God blessing me. I mean, it's just, it, it, and then I just get blessed more. It's like this amazing cycle. Like, we've got a fountain. I love fountains. They're so beautiful. They sound so beautiful. We have a fountain on our deck. It, the same water just keeps going round and round and round and round. The favor, the glory, the anointing. I can't give out enough. It just keeps coming. 
and it overflows and I just keep giving. And that's, for, that's God's word, God's will for all of us. And that's what the scripture says. You can't outgive. You can't outgive God. Here's another scripture, Proverbs um, 18, 21. Familiar scripture. This law of sowing and reaping is very powerful. But it's powerful in the positive and in the negative. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. So when we sow life-giving words, we reap fruitfulness in our lives. But when we sow words of death or negative words, we reap poison that's destructive to us. We saw two examples, the skin cancer example in my life and then the healing, and then this girl Kim, how she sowed words of death and reaped sickness, really bad sickness. And then she changed the seed she was sowing and reaps, and now she's reaping fruitfulness in her life. So we're going to look now at principles of this law because when we understand the principles, we can cooperate with them so that the laws of sowing and reaping can benefit us and give us the fullness of life. So that's what we're going to look at. Here's the first one. Seed must be sown into the future. Think about a farmer. When a farmer sows seeds, they don't expect the harvest today or tomorrow. They sow the seed, and in the future, they expect the harvest. That's what we need to do. Um, this is a, the best, most beautiful example in the whole Bible. It's Hebrews 12, verse 2. Jesus' example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So when Jesus was sowing his own life as a seed, he was sowing it into our future. He was sowing it into humanity that had not even been born yet. We know the scripture in Romans that says, he demonstrated his love for us in this that while we were still sinners, he chose to die for us. He was sowing into our future, even though we were a mess, even though we were broken, even though we were rebellious, even though we were sinners, even though we were filthy rags. He sowed his life so that we could be righteous, so that we could be holy, so that we could have the fullness of life and be reconciled unto him. That's what we are to do. We are to sow toward the vision that God has given you. Sow towards the, um, and it might be a small, it might be a, a short term. It might be a, a, a long-term vision. I remember one um, specific day years ago, I told you this story a, a few weeks ago, a young, uh, she wasn't young at the time actually, a teacher, <laughs> a teacher at my school who, whose son was, the drug addict, I told you the, the story a few weeks ago, and I remember I was driving to school in the morning, and God gave me a, a vision of praying with Vicki for her salvation. That was short term. It was, one, it was my one year anniversary of my salvation. I went to school that day, I went to the, into the building that morning, and before school, I went to her 
and I sowed seeds of truth. And she said yes, and I prayed with her for salvation. That was a very short-term vision. But I heard God, I saw it, I sowed the seed and reaped the harvest of her salvation. Then her son reaped the harvest of his salvation. And now we see the, the, the ripple effect as he's a pastor of a church now. I mean, it, the whole thing was just ugh, amazing. Some of those visions are long-term. What is that yearning of your heart? What is that passion of your soul? It might be cooking. Alice, Miss Alice, Miss Kim, Jenny. We have people that love to sow into people's lives because they love to cook for them. Uh, Roseanne, you love homes, you love decorating, you love, she's a realtor person and she does, um, um, what do you call it? Staging and that kind of thing and decorating. It's her gift, she loves to do it. She sows into people and it's a ministry. I'm a teacher. I remember before um, um, I retired, it was a vision that we had, but in order for that, for us to step into that vision, we had to sow. We had to sow a lot. You know, it was a big decision. We had to change our whole life. We, we, and I mean, I'm not saying retirement's bad because it's amazing, but it was a huge life change and it was a huge decision. But we saw the vision and we said, okay, God, we're taking the step. We're sowing, we're taking a step, we're gonna do this. I didn't know, we didn't know how it was all gonna come together, especially the financial part of it. But we just trusted God and we have sown our time, our talent, our resources, and we're reaping the harvest. And I expect that harvest to continue to be manifest in front of us as lives change, as bodies are healed, as salvations are, are, are received, yeah. So seed must be sown into the future. The seed must die. We already read the scripture, Ken will put it back up there, where Jesus said that unless a grain of, a, wheat, a grain of wheat falls to the earth and dies, it'll only be one grain of wheat, but it must die, be buried in order to produce a harvest. The, this um, principle is that it is important that we give expecting nothing in return. There are, there's a lot of prosperity kind of pre preaching out there that says give to get, but that's not God's way. God's way is give to give. Just because it's the nature of God that's in you and you will reap, but that's not the purpose. Give just because you love God and you want to give him away and love others to life. I know with um, a piece of our ministry, which is of my ministry, which is the inner healing ministry, I, I love to, to minister into people. I love to let the Holy Spirit just take over and show the needs, show those seeds that need to be rooted out, show this, the truth to pour in, and then see the benefit, see the harvest. I love it. I, I, I spend a lot of time, <laughs> lots and lots of time. Ask Kent. I was on the phone for two hours today. I have appointments. A lot of it I do via phone. A lot of it I do it face-to-face. -face. But I do it because, not because I expect anything in return, but because of the harvest I'm expecting in the people. And you know what? Again, you can't outgive God. So guess who gets blessed in return? 
Amen. Another thing that um, I've been paying attention to is somehow, I don't know how it's going to work, but as I sow into especially young ladies, I'm expecting a harvest in my own daughter. I don't know how God's going to do it. But there's a truth that um, this, we, we reap what we sow. Well, I'm sowing into a lot of young ladies, and I want my daughter to have that fullness of, of revelation that so many of these young ladies have received. So I can't wait to see how God's going to do it. I expect to reap what I sow. Okay, here's the next truth. You must always sow that which you desire to reap. Kind of just said that. Sow the seed that you desire to reap. So what does that look like? What is it that you're seeking? Sow into it. Specifically, again, I always look at my own life and what I'm sowing. One of the things I sow into in great measure is my children's lives. And I don't do it face to face because they're not open to that. But boy, I sow. So what do I sow? I sow the word of God. I declare God's word over my kids. I speak blessings over my kids. I sow love. He told me, love them to life. So I sow love into my kids. I sow forgiveness when needed. And that happens quite a bit. I sow forgiveness. I sow love. I let things go. I sow into their lives. And I expect to reap. I expect to see the harvest in their lives. I get excited about it. I literally get excited saying, oh, God, I can't wait to see how you're going to do it. I've seen it in one of our three in a radical way. And that, that I keep my eyes on that. And I say, God, I saw what you did here. Can't wait to see what you're going to do here and here. But sow that which you desire to reap. Sow into it. The next principle, you determine the size of your harvest by the amount that you sow. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. That's pretty self-explanatory. Sow lots of seed. Remember back in, in, the, in the time when, when Dawn was standing for her healing, when Kim was standing for that manifestation of healing, when I was standing for my manifestation of healing, we were sowing a lot of seed of healing, right? You were here, you were receiving truth, you were coming for prayer, you were surrounded by others who believed, and you were sowing it into your own life. You were getting sowed into every chance, every opportunity, all day, every day, just filling yourself with the seed Here's my point. A stingy sower reaps a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Next principle. Your motivation in sowing must be a motivation of love and a pure heart. It's not about getting. It's the selfless kind of giving. Luke chapter 6, verse 34 and 35 this is, these, this is Jesus speaking. He says, if you lend money to those you know will repay you, what, good, what credit is that to your character? Even those who don't know God do that. Here's the, the heart. But instead, 
love your enemies and continue to treat them well. When you lend money, don't despair if you're never paid back, for it's not lost. You will receive a rich reward, and you will be known as true children of the Most High God, having his same nature. For your Father is famous for his kindness to heal even the thankless and the cruel. Yeah, that's the nature of God. The nature of God is to have that heart of love, even for the unlovable, the heart of compassion, the heart of, of, of it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the person has done or, or, or how skeptical they are or how um, unbelieving they are. God's always there with them, ready to woo them to his loving heart, his kindness. The next principle, there exists a period of time between seed time and harvest, between sowing and reaping. That one's, this one blesses me tremendously. This one is a, a, a potential why. You know, when people say, why God, why haven't I seen the results yet? Well, maybe, you're, maybe it's still on the ground. Maybe it needs a little more watering, a little more fertilizer. Maybe it's one of those plants that takes a little longer to grow or harvest. That doesn't mean it's not coming. Um, in Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, God gave this promise to humankind right after the flood. Right after everything on the whole earth had been destroyed by the flood. He, he established a new covenant. And this was part of his promise. God said, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. There is a pattern. There is a principle that there is seasons. There is seed time and harvest. And it's okay. One thing that I have seen over and over and over again is that God is doing so much during that seed time. So much during that time when this between the seeds planted and the harvest has come. There is a potential for absolute new life. Absolute grace poured out so big and so deep. Healing in every area you didn't even expect. Where God multiplies everything and you get the more than enough. And it just blesses me to, to have this promise. Galatians 6 verse 9. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not faint. Don't give up. Next week, the law that I'm going to teach, the spiritual law, is the law of active pursuit and perseverance. So we're going to talk about that time factor. What the spiritual law is and how we can cooperate with it. That's next week, so stay tuned. There's a quote on your paper. Highlight it, it's amazing or star it, or circle it, or whatever. Don't judge your day by the harvest you've reaped, but by the seeds you've sown. And be encouraged. Be encouraged. As, you, as you're in the midst of your journey, and you're sowing God's truth into your heart, and you're being uplifted and held in his arms, you sense his peace that is just carrying you. You haven't seen the harvest yet. 
when you go to bed at night, just meditate on the seed that you've sown, on the way you've been held in your father's hands and the peace that you've walked in, in the midst of the journey. Don't judge your day by the harvest, but by the seed. Put you in a different perspective. Here's the last principle. The ground determines the results. The ground determines the results. And the ground is our heart, our soul. I have an uh, extensive teaching about this. I don't have time today to go into extensive teaching. But I put the title and the date that it was um, recorded. So you can find it on our Vimeo account easily or our website. It's a powerful teaching that goes into the parable of the sower and talks about the different conditions of the heart. But here's the bottom line. The seed was the same. The seed in the parable of the sower was the same seed. It was the same seed filled with the same life, filled with the same potential, the same power. Only the one ground, the good ground, produced a harvest. So the ground determines the results, not the seed. So here we have a Bible full of amazing promises. Every promise has been fulfilled through Christ. Every promise God says yes to. But in order for these seeds to produce a harvest... They need to be sown into the heart that is prepared for it, that is fertile. So we're going to real very quickly, like I said, go into that teaching. It's a deep teaching. But I'm going to very quickly go through these four soils. First, let me read the, the beginning of the parable. This is Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 8. Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as it happened, as he sowed, that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. So picture that. By the wayside would be the hard ground. Um, I, I even think, this is my, what I'm envisioning, like almost a sidewalk or a blacktop with cracks and stuff in it. It falls in the wayside. Then some fell on stony ground, where it didn't have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. So think about those, those weeds that grow up in the cracks. You know, they just sprout up really fast. But they don't have any place for the roots to go down and go deep. And then verse 7. Some seed fell among thorns or weeds, and the thorns and the weeds grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. Think about your garden if you haven't weeded it. And the weeds just overtake the plants. They grow up. They, they, they take all of the nutrients and, and they're bigger than the flowers or the bigger than the vegetables. Verse 8. But other seed fell on the good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced. Sprang up, increased, and produced. Some 30-fold, some 60 and some a hundred. So, four kinds of grounds. Here's the first one, the wayside. This is Jesus' explanation 
when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and doesn't understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the one who was sown, who received the seed by the wayside. So the problem is the seed is sown. We're talking now about the word of God, the seed of the promise. It's sown, but there's, there's no root at all. There's, in fact, a hardened heart. We see that in the world today. We see very hardened hearts. There are these, not these, there are, I'm one of them. There are many multitudes of, of uh, passionate men and women of God, Christians, not just in name only, who care about our country, who care about the, the foundation of our country. And yet there are so many that are literally hardened hearts saying, you're wrong, get, get away. Don't you know that we need to tolerate and accept everything and give and take care of everybody, even if it costs trillions and trillions of dollars. Hardness of heart, not willing to listen, not willing to be opened, not willing to process. Another example of a hardened heart is a religious spirit. A heart that says, I know what I know. This is who I am. I have this religious belief. And it doesn't matter what you tell me. I am not going to believe you because I know that I'm right. And you may be right, but then again, maybe you're not. When I was diagnosed with cancer, I'm telling you, I never would have um, been open to the teaching that I heard if I hadn't been in a desperate place. I wouldn't have been open. I would have been that person. And even if the, even if, um, uh, the truth was there, the devil would have stolen it from me because I, I, I had a hardened heart. I had a very, very strong religious spirit that said, no, stay away. This is who I am. Leave me be. And the, the devil can snatch away anything because you're not letting the seed even come in. The next kind of soil is the um, stony ground. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves. And so they endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. So this person wasn't rooted in the word. It takes time to build roots. It takes time to get deeply established. And that happens with the relationship with God. That happens with remaining in the word and allowing the word to remain in you and being fed by the vine, by the life of the vine. But many times people start to learn the truth and, and they get excited, but then persecution comes. Somebody disagrees with you. This happens in this, this ministry of healing quite frequently because it's, a, it's amazing news, but there are a lot of people that disagree with it. So I remember, oh my goodness, I remember this time once, there was a woman in my school whose husband was diagnosed with melanoma. Same cancer that I was diagnosed with at the same time. He, he actually had 
been diagnosed quite a while before me and been gone through a lot of treatment. And I had this really good news to share with her. And I, 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 she was a parapro in my building and I, I um, went and talked to her. I said, Debbie, there's something I, gotta, I, got some, I wanna share with you. We'll, and I couldn't do it during the school day. So I said, can you come meet me after school? So she did, she came after school. I had, that was way back in the day when we had cassette tapes. I had all these cassette tapes. I had Charles Capp's book. I had my Bible. I was ready to share this really good news, right? And I, I'm telling her all this really good news. And she said, do you really believe that you're going to be healed? The devil was trying to steal it. I was baby. I was just starting to plant that. I wasn't deeply rooted. And it put so much fear into me. I was like shipwrecked. I was absolutely shipwrecked. And my friend Jenny, I went and told her. I mean, I, I, I remember go, going home that day and I was on my face before God because I had so much fear and it was like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this isn't, you know. Anyway, uh, Jenny took me to church that night. It was a Wednesday night and she took me to Pastor Tom and, he, and she says, you're not leaving this way, girl. And Pastor Tom opened his Bible to scripture. He had me read it out loud. He spoke over me. He broke off the spirit of fear. And my friend Jenny said, Cindy, be cautious right now. Just feed yourself. You need to be rooted and grounded in the word. But the devil was attempting to steal what was in there. I wasn't able to minister to Debbie then. Um, I took a step back and I focused on growing my own heart. Her husband died. Um, about four or five years later, she started, I, by that time I had a teacher's prayer group going at the school and she started to see, the, she'd seen me healed. The fullness in my life, she came to me. She started asking questions. She started feeding her own heart. I saw her blossom into a new woman with new truth, received salvation, and grew and grew and grew and grew in her walk with God. So I wasn't able to minister to her at that one point, and her husband died. But we were able, God turns things around for good. And that was a huge, huge testimony that I saw right in front of my eyes. Here's the third kind of soil, the thorns. Mark 4, verse 18 and 19. And the seed sown among thorns represents those who hear the word, but they allow the cares of this life and the seduction of wealth and the desire for other things to crowd out and choke the word so that it produces nothing. Think about those weeds again. Weeds and thorns suck the life out of the soil. And when we allow the busyness, the cares of life, that's why Kim's taking a sabbatical right now. She recognizes this. She's taking a sabbatical so that weeds and cares of this world don't take the life out of the word that she's feeding her heart with. And we all need to be very, very aware of this. Because even the works of the ministry can take so much time and energy and resources. God says, no, I'm your first love, not your ministry, Cindy. I'm your first love, not your new house. I'm your first love. And, and, and that is just every day, this is something that we need to put our heart and our eyes on. 
the last soil is the one that produces the fruit, the good ground. But the seed sowed on good soil represents those who open their hearts and accept and receive the word, the seed. And their lives bear good fruit. Some yield a harvest of 30, 60, and even 100 times more than what was sown. Now here's the interesting thing. This soil didn't have more than the other soils. In fact, it had less. It had less hardness. It had less stones. It had less weeds and thorns. Many times we try to do more, more works, more um, actions. We try to be doers, 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 doers. We take control. And God says, no, 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 back off. This is what you need. You need to trust me. You need to be like a little child again. Be dependent on me. Know that I'm here, I'm taking care of you. You don't need to be a superstar. Just let me be your God. Let me take care of you. God gives us all that we need. The seed. The seed. The living seed. Jesus is the living word. Jesus is the word made flesh. We have the promises. The, the, the word that's alive and powerful. We have what we need. So the seed is the same. But the difference is the ground. I'm going to close with two scriptures from John chapter 15 that talk about this, how, to, how to nurture this kind of heart, how to nurture this good ground so that the seed that we sow will reap the harvest that it's intended to reap. God says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit, producing evidence of your faith, unless you remain in me. So the evidence is the harvest. And we won't produce, we won't reap that harvest. We'll be that ground with the wayside or the stony ground or the thorny ground. But this is how we can have the good ground. By staying connected, vitally connected to God. And then the next one, verse 7 and 8. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is if you are vitally united and my message lives in your heart, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified and honored by this when you bear much fruit and prove yourselves to be my true disciples. God is glorified when we reap the harvest. God is glorified when the seeds that of the word, the seeds of the promises that are sown into our hearts, reap the harvest of the seed. He's glorified. He's honored. And then others get to see that and witness it. And then they say, okay, God, that's for me too. But the key is this relationship and being vitally united and letting the life of the vine feed us and nurture that seed. So isn't that a powerful, powerful truth 
the law of sowing and reaping. And we have a choice. That law doesn't control us. Our free will gives us the, the opportunity to cooperate with it or not. To do it the world's way or to do it God's amazing way. So Father, I just pray over our own lives, over the seeds that we sow, seeds that have been sown into us. I pray, Father God, over the ground of our hearts that it is truly that good ground that remains in you, that stays vitally connected to, to you and lets the life of the vine flow into us and nurture us and take care of us. I thank you, Father, for the harvest. I thank you for the harvest that you have planned for us. I thank you for the harvest that we've already witnessed, that we've already lived, and I thank you for the harvest that is yet to come. Father, may our lives be lives of expectant faith, expecting your promises to be manifest in our lives, expecting the seeds that we sow to produce what they're supposed to produce. And in the meantime, we will love you, God. We will thank you, God. We will worship you, Lord. We will stay vitally connected to the vine. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus.